Children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I am your conspiracy asshole, Primetime 99 Alex Stein. And I just want to bring him on. We have the one, the only January 6th uh, political prisoner and congressional candidate, Sam Montoya. Sam, welcome to the castle. How are you doing, my friend? Yes, sir. I'm doing pretty good today. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Okay, so we got to talk a little bit. Like, I was just kind of giving you a little, I give everybody, like, the heads up, the warnings. We can only say so much. Like, you have to say that the election was the most fair and best election ever. But this oh, it is, was. It was. But this is what I'm saying, is everybody, you went to January 6th, and a little bit for people that don't know you, let me just give you a little introduction. Uh, uh, Sam is running for Congress in uh, Congressional District 6. Is that correct? Uh, 35. 35. I, sorry, excuse me. So, uh, Congressional yes. District 35. And that's a small district, right? Tell us a little bit. Well, I guess tell us a little bit about it, but let me just give you a little bit of a better intro. So Sam is running um, um, for Congress in, in District 35, and he is was also arrested in charge of trespassing for going to uh, the Capitol on January 6th. And he's currently in litigation with the federal government uh, for those charges. So, uh, you know, it's I really appreciate you being here. But give the people kind of more of a detail of what's your situation and why it's so unique. Definitely. Well, it's it's pretty crazy and it definitely is unique. Um, basically, like you said, I was there on January 6th uh, doing reporting. I work for Infowars. I'm an editor. And uh, that day I was there as a reporter um, doing commentary. And little did I know people would start ma- making their way into the Capitol. So, you know, my job is to get close to the action. I went in there um, when I you know, it was a 44 minute video of my time actually going into the building, going through the hallways, filming what was going on. But at the end of my footage, you know, Ashley Babbitt, 14 year Air Force veteran, she was shot. So, I mean, that even made the footage a little bit more historic, uh, so to speak. But and you shot that way real quick. Let me cut you off. You shot that on an iPhone. What footage did you have? You have you saw Ashley Babbitt's dead body on your phone. Yeah, that was an iPhone. And actually, wow. I'm glad it was an iPhone because uh, it was so cramped in there and there was so much going on. I think having a larger camera would not have you know, been a benefit, to be honest. Uh, There was a guy there who had a huge shoulder camera from National Geographic. um, And and I talked to him on on my footage. But 
and we had other uh, cameramen with Infowars there that day outside the building. They had bigger rigs and stuff like that. But I'm just saying that going through, you know, the hallways and through the crowd, I think having an iPhone made a big it was a big help. Um, hey, but Sam, yeah, it was all on an iPhone. Sam, I believe you a thousand percent. It's funny. I'm looking at my chat and I usually don't even read the chat, but there's a lot. There's a contingency of people which I do not believe because I know people that are personally affected in charge of the crime. There's people, and even though it's weird because you look at Joe Biden has a fake set inside the White House, but there's some people that think January 6th was totally fake and that it was filmed in a movie studio. Tell them that is not true, Sam. No, I I understand completely. You know, I was just telling this story to my $15 lawyer. $15 super a, chat. Thank you. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, 15 pounds yeah, right super on. chat. Yeah, that's like 30 gotta bucks. Support the, gotta support the cause. Thank you. Okay, but basically, uh, there was a video that came out shortly after January 6th that claimed Ashley Babbitt wasn't dead. So, you know, it had all these different angles, had all these, uh, you know, slow down, zoom in angles of how she might have been, you know, squeezing red blood on her or, or the cops were squeezing blood on her and that it was a setup. But let me tell you, I was there. And, and, and let me tell you how good this video was. My producer from InfoWars came to me with the video and he said, hey, Sam, check out this video. They're saying Ashley Babbitt didn't die. I mean, it seems very convincing. Even he was kind of convinced by the narrative they were building in the video. And I was like, look, man, she she's gone. You know, bottom line, I was there. I saw her die. I watched everything that was going on. There's no way that anything like that was staged. But so I definitely understand people saying that from from an audience perspective, that it looked like a movie. It felt like a movie in a lot of ways, too. But I mean, life can be that way, you know. Wow, that's just crazy, though, that you yeah. saw her pass away. And and did, were you worried that you at any point was, were going to get shot? Oh, 100 percent. And in fact, I mean, looking back at, at it now, um, I kind of expected that there may have been more of a force from the police because uh, I was me. Anybody else in the crowd could have been considered the same amount of trespassing as Ashley. Um, if you look at the footage where she was actually shot, there were police right behind her and none of them had their guns pointed at her. You know, there were some SWAT teams. So, so it is surprising to me that, that uh, the officer shot her from the front, you know, or that, that anybody got shot because uh, she was just as much a threat as anybody else in the crowd. And uh, I mean, you hear that in my commentary that I think the police were, were definitely um, they were shocked at what was going on, but they definitely could have used more force. And they didn't, which, you know, obviously is appreciated when in these situations that are unique, you want to try to use as little force as possible to keep control of the situation. And once she was shot, honestly, as well, the whole vibe in the crowd was just basically one of trying to help her, one of trying to keep things calm. Um, it could have been worse. You know, I, I'd been to I'm a cameraman and I live I lived in Austin uh, before. So I was uh, shooting a lot of the riots uh, in Austin for BLM and things that were going downtown. And let me tell you, if, if someone would have gotten shot during those rallies, I mean, there would have been mayhem. Um, it was a different thing at, at the Capitol. Definitely. So you're saying it kind of brought people, they kind of got a little calmer. That's kind of what it looked like in the footage right, right there. Like they're trying to kind of help her. But I mean, it's just so sad. They talk about all these people dying. And I, I believe the only person that was murdered that day was her. But um, And Roseanne Boyland. And, oh, were you talking about the girl that just died in Canada? Or, oh, Roseanne no, Boylan. No. Oh, yeah, the girl that got trampled. Yes, near. Yes, excuse me. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think there's six. footage of a, of a police officer beating her. I haven't seen 
there's a couple of angles, but basically that she was in the crowd. I think at first they claimed that she died from a heart attack from an overdose of drugs. But basically the story goes that uh, she may have been beaten by a couple of officers who then other protesters tried to help her, but, you know, it was too late. And uh, people don't really talk about her story as much, but that's another person that uh, died that day as well. Well, my buddy, he was about to call me Luke. I finally reached out to me for the longest time. He was another guy I was telling you about on the phone a little bit. He was down there and he was had a crutch and he was basically pushing his crutch against their riot shields, which he was. I mean, you can see it. I mean, it didn't look like they were getting hurt at all. I mean, it almost looked like he was protecting himself more than anything, really. You know, the way he was holding it, like he was in defense mode. It wasn't like he was like, you know, swinging it like that. He kind of like had like a hockey player. I don't know. He just... What I'm saying is he did make contact with this thing with cops, it looks like on video, and they charged him with assaulting a police officer, causing bodily harm, felony assault. I mean, they threw the book at him like they threw the, threw the book at you. you yeah, see- and, 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 and I, I agree. They're really throwing the book at people. You know, like I was sharing with you, I am the only person that was in the Capitol that day that works for a media company that has been charged with anything. There were people from NBC. There was, uh, like I said, a, a cameraman from National Geographic. There was some reporters from the New Yorker. There was some people that may have worked for maybe even CNN. I, I know CNN did a, a full rundown of all the different media people or personalities that were physically in the building. And to this day, not one of them has been charged with any kind of crime, misdemeanor or anything like that. I have. So to me, in my opinion, it's almost like selective prosecution because, you know, it, it's political. And so I see them trying to throw a lot of things, you know, at people as much as possible, myself included. If anybody wants to see uh, my indictment, it, just Google my name and it's usually the first thing that pops up. But you'll see my charges there basically amounts to uh, federal trespassing. And Sam, you're running for Congress. And we were talking a little bit about this. You were saying one of the reasons you think. Uh, well, actually, let's go back before we talk about Congress. Talk about I want to talk about January 6th, but talk about how you got arrested and what kind of authority they use I, for uh, trespassing. Describe to the people, you know, you told me they came and knocked your door down and had 30 um, FBI agents. But tell the people what happened. Yeah. So basically on April 13th, uh, I was I, I got a wake up call from about 30 stormtrooper style <laughs> SWAT team. Uh, surrounded my house, uh, sheriffs, and uh, they basically battering ran my door in. They tore my whole house apart, took every computer or phone they could find in the house. They took my Trump hat, which Do you honestly, have pets? Do you have pets? Uh, yeah, they, they were. Uh, my roommate had about four dogs in the house that night. It's a two story house. I was on the top story. How and did his, they treat his, the dogs? Uh, I mean, those dogs were pretty grown and aggressive, so they kind of tried to, I think they had one officer, like, just hold them back and keep the door closed because they broke his door down too, uh, to his room. So they had to fix that and close it because, uh, you know, they can't just let the pets out. But, um, yeah, they, they took Instead my Instead of just pad, opening but... the door, they have to knock it off the hinges. I just don't understand the logic. I mean, you would have opened yeah. the door with a warrant. I mean, you don't have a yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they didn't even, they could have given me a call. Honestly, they could, they gave my roommate a call. Uh, they gave other people at Infowars a call, you know, just to let them know that they were investigating what was going on. I was, and I would have probably talked to them a little bit more and cooperated, maybe gotten a lawyer or something at that point, but they gave me an early morning raid. 
uh, like I was saying, they they took my phones as evidence, but they also took my Trump hat as evidence because I was wearing it when I went into the Capitol. So that's listed as evidence that they took. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. that's concrete evidence. I guess in the picture, going to say, "Look, this is the hat," and they're going to be like, "Oh, we're such good attorneys and prosecutors." Yeah. I, mean, I mean, but like, there's pictures of you inside of there. So I mean, you know what I mean? It doesn't. They don't even need the hat, but you go figure. Right. And I was doing my job that day, you know, as a journalist, um, you know, we definitely don't uh, break the law when we go certain places or we or we you know, try not to do anything illegal. But, you know, the First Amendment covers being able to do commentary, being able to, you know, talk about what you're seeing and call it like you see it. That's all I was doing. So maybe they don't like what I had to say. Maybe, uh, you know, I said some things about the administration. You know, I said some things about the election, you know. Whatever, those are my feelings. Those are my personal feelings. They're all on there, on my video for everyone to see. I'm not shying away from it, especially now that I'm running for Congress. I think that it's important and that honesty is the most important thing that we look for in elected officials. So that's what I'm running on. Wow, I love that honesty and transparency campaign. Shayla, thank you for the $10 super chat. Wow, I really appreciate that. But yeah, you know, we don't have enough transparency. You got to own it. Like I said, my buddy that's getting arrested... Not that I'm some big wig, but let's say he does go to jail for a couple of years. And if I make it in this few years, I, he would be the first guy I hired. So I'm saying like there are probably a lot of people that are losing their jobs for being involved with January 6th. And, but I think once they do their time or whatever, they pay their pins or they do their probation, there's going to be a lot of patriot type people that will actually help out uh, you and you know other people that know it was all a uh, kabuki theater fake um, a trap, basically, for people that truly love America. I hope so, because to be honest with you, I'm blessed to you know be working for Infowars and they know what's going on because they see behind the scenes with the, the way the media and the federal government is trying to manipulate the people. But it's been pretty tough. You know, it's been very um, demoralizing for Trump supporters since January 6th in a lot of ways. Well, hey, um, but- I had to cut you off. I want you to keep going. But I mean, I think the way Trump treated the people after January 6th has made me lose a lot of respect for him. How about yourself? Yeah, honestly, same here. And, you know, one of the biggest things I have against Trump uh, policy wise is Operation Warp Speed. And I think that's a, a disgrace. The best in thing it. ever. We have to say on YouTube, Operation oh, Warp Speed. Uh, yeah, I want to say, Joe Biden, thank you for making even more warped. <laughs> and so we really appreciate you for warping that's it. That's true. Up. It is the best thing ever, is what I meant to say. So that's what I'm running on. Yeah. But, so there's no, multiple no. Trump things. Like, I mean, obviously, is Trump better than Biden? Yes. But like, both sides are just going to pee on us and tell us that it's raining. A hundred percent. I don't think that Trump has has uh, backed the. The, his supporters there as, as strongly as he could. You know, I mean, we were there, let's just say we were there for the right reasons, basically to support our country, to support fair and free, you know, elections and to support, you know, our First Amendment right to just come together and, and support a president peacefully protest. Yeah, exactly. How so, did you get in? How, tell us how, how did you get into the building? That's an interesting story because a lot of people, uh, Definitely were in an area where the police were trying to keep people out. I was on the left side of the building and there was already a stream of people like going up the stairs. So, like I said, because I saw people already going there by the time I got there, I I thought, you know, the next best thing to do would be to see what's going on up there, see what my camera can get, because I knew it was a historic situation. When so you say up there, this is, like a, this is like a huge staircase, right? I mean, it looks Yeah, a huge, huge. staircase. 
Okay. Yeah, a huge staircase. By the time I got to the top, there was some guy high-fiving everybody at the very top of the staircase. <laughs> so, you know, you know, where I was at, there was not like there was shields or, you know, None of that. Uh, line of riot there, police. There wasn't like barriers or anything really where you were at? You went through no, an open door? You no. didn't go through glass or anything? Right. It was an open door. There was scaffolding because I guess they were doing some uh, renovations or preparations for the inauguration on the 20th. January 20th. But, you know, other than scaffolding, there wasn't any uh, fencing that I pressed down or crossed over at all. There wasn't uh, a window that I had to crawl through and anything like that. And I made sure to keep my phone on at all times. So my footage is online. Uh, it's on my website. It's on band.video. Um, well, you're it, live streaming unedited. it or you just you just filmed it and well, then posted it after because no one had service, yeah. right? Right. No, no, no. There was no way to have service there at that yeah. moment. Um, I even making phone calls at that time was pretty tough because there was so much communication happening digitally in a small area, like simultaneously, um, obviously. So it was hard to do that. But uh, my intention was basically, like I said, I'm an editor. So I was going to film everything I saw, take it back to the hotel, break it down into small bits and put it on Infowars or Bandot Video for consumption you know if you look at a lot of our videos they're smaller edited uh things like any news organization would yeah. do well in my situation because you know it was a matter of what actually was the full scope of going inside the capitol what happened while i was in there and then seeing ashley babbitt die um we just put the whole thing up there you there he froze he'll probably come back hopefully uh let's see We'll see if we catch him. All right, Sam, you're there. Come on, Sam. Come on, Sammy boy. Let's see if he catches his phone might have died. Who knows? We're still live. Are are we still live? Yeah, we're still good. The stream's so good. We're just frozen on his end. Okay, well, we'll see if Sam comes back to us. Uh, what an interesting show so far. I have to say, uh, thank you for the super chats, Shayla. I really appreciate that. Uh, David, 15 pounds. Alex, read this in Spanish. Please, please. Las pasadas, elecciones, fueron 100% legítimas. I hope that's okay to say. Okay, look, double Alex. Double me, double the pleasure. That's not Sam Montoya. It's double Alex. All right, we're going to see what his deal is. You know, hey, we got a guy. We got a congressional candidate, man. He's freaking in and out. He's on the grind all the time. I know what it's like. It's, I'm, I'm a political prisoner myself. In my mind, I'm a political prison myself. I put myself in a prison. Why? Because every day I want to metaphorically break out of it. I fight oppression within myself. It's like how Facebook, they created 60% uh, of the hate, hate speech on their platform in order to... Uh, uh, train the people to uh, figure out how to find it. Okay, you gotta flip it, Sam. Flip it one more time. Okay, now you get. Hey, ah. my phone overheated. I'm gonna hold you in the shade because I oh, guess the wow. sun overheated it. That's what happened. My phone, my iPhone. That's the one thing we didn't think about when we were getting ready. Why didn't you park anyway, it, park in the shade? You can't move your car. I should have. I wanted the good lighting. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. I mean, I don't know. I'm in the. I'm not in the shade. Okay, it's, but I got it shut right here. off. Okay, yeah. So what were you saying? I forget what you're saying now. I don't even remember what you were saying. All I was things. saying was uh, my videos online. Uh, the the full the full unedited video because my intention was to chop it down. Um, 
And, and I guess that's, that's all I was saying was that, you know, everything's online and what happened that day was not exactly what people think, you know, at least from my perspective, I didn't have to go through a line of police. Uh, from my video, you see, there's some police standing around, you know, maybe not even knowing what to do. Um, when I was inside the Capitol building, there was a line of police. Uh, I tried to keep the area of people that I was around. I tried to keep them calm. You know, I, I, there was this one guy who was yelling in the cop's face and I told him, you know, he needs to stop because there's no need for us to not let this be as peaceful a protest as possible. So you do see me like calming some people down, but they like wanted know, to fight the cop. You thought the vibes there, like trying to fight the cop, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. He was getting so close that, you know, he was almost going to touch the cop and, and I kind of knew already, you know, like your friend, it's just, you don't want to get into a situation where, especially where, you know, on, on our side, we really do support the police in, yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways, ideologically. People, you don't want to get in a place where you think like you're pushing up against a cop or anything like that. But you think people actually felt that empowered, though, almost to fight these cops because they kind of were looking for an, uh, you know, I guess they always say like America might have a civil war. Might, and I don't necessarily think that's true, but like. I guess this is the closest thing to it, which I'm not saying it was that bad at all. People don't get, don't kill me, but like you're telling me, like people wanted to fight the cops, so kind of in your opinion. Is oh, that, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, and it's just you know, it's it's that mentality you get when you're around a lot of people. Um, yeah. Some people were just having a good time. Other people were you know getting a feeling of uh revolution and because like we uh, see the grandmother with a flag so not everybody was trying to fight obviously a lot of people were chill but there were a group of people you think were kind of like they were just looking for an enemy basically yeah yeah definitely and, and that's with with any group mm -hmm. you're always gonna have a, a, a part of, of the people yeah. yeah a couple of bad apples um but i think that for the most part you know that speaking of grandmas even in my footage i caught some there were some uh older grandma ladies you know, not trying to say anything, but there were some older ladies that were uh, in the hallway stopping people from kicking doors because anytime someone would kick a door, they'd be like, stop that right now. You know, and you hear that on my video. So they would just like stand guard at the doors. So in case anybody tried to kick or punch a door, they would tell them to stop. And I mean, obviously, you, you could tell that uh, from the amount of damage uh, that, that was done inside the Capitol versus damage that was done throughout 2020 in, in cities and businesses across the country. You know, it wasn't like the purpose of the protest was to go in there and just rip historical paintings down, break statues, bust down doors. I mean, we were in there. It was a large group of people. Um, sometimes people may take advantage of, you know, the, the chaos at, at that time. But like I said, I didn't personally interact with any police shields or anything like that. I was just trying to maneuver my way through the crowd. You know, you'll hear my voice on there saying, you know, I'm a journalist, I'm with InfoWars, you know, let me through. And that actually helped because, you know, the crowd, most of those people, you know, are familiar with InfoWars. They're familiar with what we do. They're familiar with our work as far as being honest and showing things the way they really happen. So, you know, I would get a lot of help actually maneuvering through the crowd as I kind of announced my way through the crowd, which is accurate. You know, I, I worked for InfoWars. I was there. Now, I want to say it this way, too. Nobody told me to go in there because I had actually lost communication with uh, my, you know, with my colleagues at that time. But the, the point is, is as a cameraman, as a reporter and a journalist, you know, who knows how to do his job, I knew that whether I was under, you know, getting communication from anyone or not, 
I had to be as close to whatever was happening at that time. And that's what was important. And that's exactly what I was doing in there and nothing more. I wasn't in there to, you know, lead the charge to 1776 or anything like that. I was in there to, to see what was really going on. And like I said, I'm telling you right now, I didn't break a door down or see anybody break a door down in front of me where I was in the building. But I know there's footage out there of like cops getting squished or protesters, you know, using their flagpoles to break a window and stuff like that. I mean, that's not anything I've ever supported. How do you think racists come into play? Uh, you being Montoya and, and it goes kind of against their uh, white supremacy narrative or, you know, is that not affected? I guess you did say that earlier. But how has that affected in your opinion so far, Sam? Well, that's a good point because, you know, I got I got some friends and uh, Joe Biggs is actually an ex-colleague of mine from InfoWars. You know, he's still in in jail right now waiting his no, not on his, bond or anything. There's another InfoWars guy. He's not even out on bond. They wouldn't even give him. a. Well, he bond. doesn't work for InfoWars anymore. But, he but did. yeah. But he's he like did. a patriot he was a type guy. Yeah, like he's like a yeah, trooper yeah, type guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I guess he's been more involved with the Proud Boys. Um, recently. So maybe that's the narrative they're trying to paint around him. But to be honest, and this is my opinion, if, if I was white, I'd be in jail right now. That's my opinion. And I'll tell you why, um, whether it's, whether it's the, the federal, you know, department of justice or the prosecution or Showtime, HBO, or any of these other, you know, media organizations that are trying to paint a narrative about what happened that day, it all leads back to a narrative of white supremacy. It's all about the motivation behind January 6th being an event of, you know, white versus black. Um, and that's wrong. That's not what I saw there that day. Obviously, I'm not white. And I don't think that it works for their narrative to have a man of my shade sitting behind jail for political persecution. It's easier for them to have these men and women who are white you know, sitting in jail, you know, awaiting their trial because, you know, they're the insurrectionists, they're the domestic terrorists and, and have it fit into that narrative that they're trying to, you know, shape rather than have myself, you know, sitting behind bars and my face being put out on Tucker Carlson that, you know, I'm being persecuted. So I'm just saying uh, it. De I definitely feel that the white supremacy angle is being highlighted over january 6th and if you don't i think if you don't think that that you're not really looking clearly at what they're doing what what about like uh i imagine it kind of being like a football tailgate were there a lot of people like drinking in the crowd or like were like or is it not like a concert or was it was it kind of a sober audience i know that's a weird question but like what what was the vibe like was it like a party atmosphere or was it like real serious and like you know trying to save the republic type feel or like well I think it was a tailgating atmosphere personally. So I, cause I know exactly what you meant, but, but, uh, I don't know if too many people were drinking. No, it, was okay, it wasn't to... much drinking, but it was like a tail. You know what I mean? You know, kind of tailgate, yeah. kind of hanging around, talking to some random people, kind of like a football tailgate kind of, but you know, way, way bigger, you know, and probably more condensed. Yeah. But I'm just trying no, to get the exactly... vibe of the crowd because like I've been to these Trump rallies. It's usually like, it's like the Canadians in Canada. It's like people playing music, like grilling stuff, you know, people selling t-shirts. It's actually pretty like a festival vibe, kind of. I know what you mean. Actually, now that you're saying it like that, it was 100% like that because some of the footage I didn't put on uh, onto my video because I was kind of taking shorter videos. When I left the Trump speech, 
you know, I'm walking towards the Capitol and there was, you know, people dancing in the street to YMCA. You know, uh, they had homemade uh, Trump signs, families, strollers, ladies. And this was all before I actually got to the Capitol grounds. So I was making sure to film some of that because, like I said, as an editor, you always want to get, you know, uh, the whole the whole vibe, like you said, yeah. you want to, you want to get the different things that are happening that people don't get to see, put them together so that it's interesting. So it definitely was like that, um, on the outside. And even, even when I was getting on the inside, you know, there's a young man I met in there who he started crying because he was like, it was almost like he, he won a game or something like that. It, wasn't it was that like he, that kind of for those people know? though. I mean, yo, cause the guy was taking the podium it almost felt like they got it was like a small victory or something. Yeah, it was like a small victory. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like a, 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 a anything with bad intent, yeah. but it was a, a pretty good vibe, like you said. So you got in exactly there, y'all got in. I mean, I can see why. You know, <laughs> that's like, exactly yeah. it. He's like, we did it. And I was like, you did it, you did it. You know, yeah. and I knew what he was saying. Now, that's all we said to each other, and I knew what he was saying. Just the fact that you got in there. It was a, a small, you know, protest victory. You know, were I'm you sure ever that, running, Sam, or the whole time you were just walking around, or did you ever feel like you had to run because the crowd was weird or anything, or because ever or Ashley Babbitt was shot? Like, was there any time where you actually running at any point? No, I wasn't running. Um, there was a time when the crowd was so condensed, I got lifted off the ground, and the crowd carried me. Like no, we were so packed. that's scary. Yeah, we were like so an packed, kind of. Yeah, like. my feet, my feet weren't touching the ground. It, it, I was moving forward, but my feet were off the ground. I was just so packed in. Cause you were in such a tiny hallway. Yeah, we were in such a tiny hallway, and I, I, like I said, my feet were. I'm even saying on the on the video, I'm like, my feet aren't touching the ground. I'm not walking, and <laughs> but yet I was moving because the whole force of bodies was moving. But that wasn't too bad. I mean, we got through that hallway and. And it was fine. Um, now, when Ashley Babbitt got shot, that is interesting because um, I kind of went into, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but like Boy Scout mode. mode. Yeah, Boy yeah, Scout mode. That's, yeah. that's exactly that's exactly it because, and you can see from my footage, I was even you know telling my lawyer and stuff like that, like I just wanted to save her life. I, I, I knew that whatever happened, we can, we can figure out who was wrong, who was right later. There's a woman who's shot right down in front of me so um i i charged through the crowd and started like waving my hand to and i was like make a make a hole make a hole you know and everybody as soon as they saw me saying that like they made a hole and i made my way through the hallway and i saw a doorway around the corner so i realized that the paramedics could have you know picked her up gone through the crowd through that hole that i made and then gotten her outside they chose not to do that they were working on her body there on the floor but I mean, I just tried to do what I could. You know, I was yelling at the crowd. You know, I think somebody yelled there was a paramedic. So I was telling the police, hey, we have a paramedic. And they said, oh, well, we have one, too. You know, I was just trying to work as much as I could with people in the crowd that may have been able to either move or help. And as well with authorities, they, they could have helped as well. Because at that point, it's not like I could make everybody leave the room. Um, that would have been impossible. I was just wanted to save her life. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. And they ended up e not even going through that hole I made through the crowd. They ended up taking her body down some stairs, I believe. And mm -hmm. I mean, she was already dead within a few minutes. So where did he shoot her in the chest? I don't even remember where he shot her. Like, uh, I, th I think he shot her through the neck. 
Wow. Yeah. I just don't shot know why he shot her like that. Did you see the guy with the horns? The I forget his the vegan warrior or whatever his name is. He has some, you know, yeah. The horn guy. I forget his nickname. Um, he seems like a nice guy, actually. I think he got he ended up getting something crazy like 40 months or something, right? I don't know what it is, but he's doing some time. Yeah, he's doing some time. No, I never saw him in the crowd. Um, the craziest thing I saw were people who were dressed like in full riot gear, you yeah. know, but, but Any I, nudity? I that, anybody showing their boobs like Mardi Gras and no nudity in the Capitol. I mean, if there was, I didn't see it, no, but I'm not, I, I, I'm not saying there wasn't. You never know in the crowd. <laughs> it's like Mardi Gras. Yeah. I'm saying there you might show their boobs. Women there. I, I'll say, you know, the conservatives have the best looking women. I agree. You know? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's some, there's some good liberal women, but they're kind of like not as feminine. I think conservative girls are a little more feminized. That's kind of why. They're yeah. Little, you know, they're, they're a little more natural, we'll say, but no, they're good looking. They're good looking, uh, liberal women too. I, I don't discriminate. When it comes okay. to the female form, but no, I didn't see anything too rowdy. Honestly, I think the most rowdy thing I saw even happen in there personally, somebody lit a cigarette, you know, not a joint, a weed cigarette or a tobacco cigarette. I mean, weed is legal in DC. Yeah. So. I heard people were smoking weed up in that house. They're like, I would be up in that bitch smoking weed. I would be 420 <laughs> if I would have got in there. I would have been smoking I, with the Declaration of Independence. I would have stole it. <laughs> Even though it's not in there, I still would have stolen and smoked weed. I would have used it as rolling papers for my weed. Doesn't uh, Nicholas Cage has it, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he has, has it, it yeah. yeah. But I would yeah. take a little, I would tear a little piece off and roll a joint and smoke the Declaration of Independence so I could get it all in my brain. Uh, okay, wait, so tell me this. Tell us about your congressional uh, race. And, uh, and, and you said earlier, I think I mentioned it, do you think it's helped you or benefited you now that you're, you know, currently awaiting trial that they see, hey, this guy like is American, you know, he's obviously not a terrorist. I mean, you know, what do you well, think it's, so. it's done for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it's helping me because honestly, I know there's good men and women in the FBI, however much corruption there are in there and, and even in D.C. But I mean, bottom line, I'm not a terrorist. You know, I, I'm born and raised here in San Marcos. I'm running in District 35 which runs from about uh, South Austin down to North San Antonio. Um, but I'm from here. And, you know, with everything that's going on with me, I, I probably wouldn't be running for office, honestly, if I wouldn't have been arrested. But because I feel that there's this persecution happening in my life, it really started a, a fire in me to get involved politically. So uh, I am running for Congress. There's about nine other uh, Republican candidates running against me right now. So I don't know. Uh, the primaries come up in March. I, I don't know, you know, what, what's going to happen, to be honest. But I've been doing everything I can every day. You know, that's that's why it took us so long to to get this going, because I've been campaigning. I'm on the road right now, technically. Um, and I got another candidate for him I might go to tonight. So it's been going good. But I'm basically just being honest because I don't have a lot of money behind me. I just have support of of friends and activists that that know that. You know, I have the heart to try and, and get the power back to the people. So if I can do even if I can make a little bit of change like that, I definitely would like to do it. So tell us about the primary, though. It's beginning of March. I mean, it's gosh, I can't believe how fast February has gone by. February is, you know, over halfway over uh, March. When is the February and how does the primary voting work? Is it just that in San only San Marcos people can vote in that primary? Well, it's actually, uh, it's not just only, uh, San Marcos people. I better move it out of the sun. Uh, it's not just San Marcos people. It's actually, like I said, uh, citizens from, from, uh, Austin all the way down to, to San Antonio because, um, 
that's just how the district is shaped. Um, yeah. It's kind of a, a weird, long jalapeno looking shape. But anyway, um, gerrymandering the, picked by somebody uh, for whatever somebody, reason. Yeah, 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 and both both sides do it. But yeah. uh, the the main primary date for voting is March first, so that's coming up in uh, about nine days or something wow. like that. And uh, but early voting started Monday, this past Monday. So you know, people in Texas have already been able to early vote. Um, and so I'm just getting out there, you know, trying to shake hands, trying to, to meet people. Like I said, I've never been involved in politics, but I think that if, if honest men and women don't take the time now, I don't, I really don't feel like there's time to waste, you know, because the, the 2022 elections is one thing, but 2024 will be around, you know, here before you know it. So I'd like to, you know, try to make a difference now. So, I mean, obviously, I'm going Wait, through my quick, own. You got a hundred dollar super chat. And you know who that's from? My boy, Oliver Waldis. Thank you, Matt. Prime time. I'm back, baby. Shout out to Kyle. Yes, Kyle was on. You were here. Hundred dollar donation, Sam. That's a big money, 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 money. Prime donation. time with Stein. Prime right time, nine nine. All that money on the ground. I'm a rich Shoreline man today. Shoreline Stein, you like that? Okay, Sam, real quick. I want to talk about your congressional stuff. So you like Cassidy Campbell? So tell me about uh, how did you find Cassidy Campbell's content? Well, uh, his uh, like you've been watching for a while. White, his white boy, his white boy videos are yeah. awesome. No, you know it, it passes the time, and then he started doing content with uh, predator catching, mm-hmm. and that just really took him up a notch in my book because I mean, you know, those predator catching videos are awesome. Obviously, we've uh, made it a, a big issue at Infowars about where you know child trafficking and, and and the whole you know Epstein thing. It just it's a it's very overlooked by the media and by law enforcement. So to have these people, you know, do predator catches on YouTube and and confront, I just I just think it's an important thing. So Cassidy was doing it as a comedian. So he did it, I think, uh, with his uh, cowboy persona. Chester. Hey, 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 I'm going to share the screen. I want to share this so people can see. OK, let me show you. OK, hold on. The share sound share. Now let me let me put this right here, and uh, uh, okay, that's it. Okay, yeah. Let me make you bigger. So let's let's just watch a couple minutes of this. This is okay. CNN! Wow, he gets in his face. Hey, get the f- away from me! You better stop running, boy. What's going on? Who's here to do what? Let me tell you, sir. Welcome to the video, guys. Real fast, before this gets started, I just want to give a huge shout-out, huge thank you to Alex from Predator Poachers. He helped me tremendously with a lot of the behind-the-scenes work and stuff that you guys don't see here on camera. So, needless to say, if you guys want to check his channel out, I'm going to leave a link to that in the description okay, box let's see as him well as front the pinned comment. So you played this video on InfoWars? Uh... Or yeah, I think we played. I think we played um, this part where he's yelling at him. Okay, where he's yelling at him on the couch, and then the guy runs out. Yeah, I, I took a few bits of it, and we played it about a year ago or whenever it came out. Um, let's see. Let's I think that's see. his friend Alex. Okay, here. This is this is the this is all yeah, right now. I'm so sorry. How is the door unlocked? Hold on. Hey, hello. How do they have a camera in here? I don't get it. Like, I guess they lured the person to their house. Is that what happened? And they have it yeah, set up? Yeah, they, they, they pretend to be like a 13 or 12-year-old, you know, boy it, or girl. And the the predator will come in and then Cassidy just confronts him, yeah, you know, see. in character. 
Um, Wait, I'm confused though. Let's see, where is this person? Excuse me, go sit the down right there. Oh shit, Sorry. the person's in the, the house. Go sit the down right now. Wow. Yeah, and there's only so much you can do because you can't really like hurt them, you know. Yeah. <gasps> Who the are you? Look at this. Sit the right there. You know why you're here? I'm do you know who the I am? Sorry. I'm so he has sorry. a gun on his head. Right there. I'm are you mentally <laughs> looks like handicapped? Wow, I don't want to play too much to get a strike, but this, look at Cassidy. Cassidy's the man. Oh, man, I don't want to. No, definitely. The, no, the... I know, and I saw your video with him. I didn't realize that you guys were friends or that y'all worked together. I guess I'd seen you guys messing around in a grocery store or something recently, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to start um, filming more content. It's just hard to do stuff as a team. we got to come up with funny ideas because it's kind of cringy, like, if we don't have an idea. Uh, yeah. But sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, no, go no, ahead. he's what good. No, I, and then, uh, you know, you went viral with the uh, city council meeting where you were wearing the mask and... <laughs> yeah. Vaccinate me in the thong. Vaccinate your dad and mom. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. hey, I got I got this one for you. I, I don't know if you said this. Maybe I, I'm, I'm uh, rehashing some lines, but how, what do you think of this? Vax me to the left. Vax me to the right. Vax me in the morning. Vax me at night. Vax me in the ass. Vax me in the face. Vax my body all over the place. I love that. <laughs> vaccinate the left, vaccinate the right, vaccinate me all day and night. And we got to yeah, say vaccinate right, right. the black, vaccinate the white. Wow. There you go. That's good. Yeah, no, you got it, bro. You got it, bro. No, that but anyway, is good. I'm sorry. I noticed your video, uh, Cassidy, was either before you or after you. Now, after me, but he edited it. It looked like he was before me. But yeah, yeah. His, his thing it. was hilarious. And him and I are going this Wednesday, and I have, uh, I'm going to put on a puppet show. So hopefully that's funny. It's not too cringe. We'll see. I bought these like expensive puppets. They're not that expensive, but yeah. Uh, now, cringe can be funny sometimes, yeah. but cringe can also be cringe. I know what yeah. you mean. Um, but no, Cassidy's, Cassidy's great, man. Uh, props to him and props to, you know, giving an effort to try and do that. I know it's hard to, to, work out whatever it takes to do a predator poaching catch yeah. or whatever it takes on YouTube. But these guys get away with it, man. And, and more often than we like to admit. So that was pretty cool. Um, I had yeah, to say think, in this sunlight with the cowboy hat, you look like a real cowboy, even though you're in the car, it's like, that's the cowboy, the hat's like covering your eyes and it's still hitting your cheeks. Like that's exactly what the cowboy hat's for. I'm just saying, it's just yeah. funny how it's like perfectly effect. It's perfectly covering your eyes. And then right underneath your eyes, the sun's hitting you. It's just beautiful how the cowboy hat works like that. If people can notice that in the chat. I love it. The, the sun, you, sun in the shade. Like, there's nothing like a Texas sunset, you know? There's nothing <laughs> like a Texas sunset. People aren't in Texas. They won't know. Uh, okay, no, but won't talk know. us a little more about your campaign, though, in San Marcos. And I think you got a shot. Your dad is a big-time pastor. What was that like, though, being kind of a, a conspiracy guy, and your dad's probably a big Christian? Is he kind of awake to all this, or is he just kind of like, you know, believe in Jesus, that's all that matters type guy? Yeah, maybe more, maybe more believe in Jesus. Uh, that's all that matters because, yeah. you know, he's been a pastor here in San Marcos for about 50 years. And, uh, 50 years. Having, so he's yeah. gonna, he started young. How old's your dad? He was like 20. Yeah. He was like 20. He's like 70 now. Um, so they're actually having a church service right now. Um, that's what was kind of messing up our sound because I was going to try to go so to you the. So you know, he's a real Christian. He does it on Saturday and not Sunday during the Sabbath. 
<laughs> no, they, they do it seven days a oh, week. They, no, do, they uh, do it seven no, days a week? Oh. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, they're having a special, uh, like a church service where the people from around the different cities come together. And they oh, just so happen to be here in San Marcos today. But no, no, my dad, I mean, he's a true blue influence on me because, you know, the values I have right now as a, as I'm a Christian, I consider myself a Christian, even though, you know, I'm not a preacher of any kind. Um, they come from him, you know, they right. come from him. They come from my mom raising me to be pro-life, raising me to, you know, respect, you know, authority and raising me to, you know, be honest, you know, and, and if I do something to, to take responsibility, things that, you know, are values that people don't really have these days, but, um, he's a good man. And my mom's all, you know, uh, they, but you know, they say preachers, kids are the worst ones. Yeah. So. Dude, they always say they become strippers or drug addicts. <laughs> That's what I say. Yeah. So, so no, do you have I've a lot had, of brothers and sisters, Sam? I have, I have a one brother and one sister and I've definitely had a wild side growing up, but okay. It, it it sticks with you, man, because you know what's right. You know, growing up, you know what's right, you know what's wrong. So my brother and my sister both have families. Uh, I don't have a family or anything like that, but you know, I'm just I'm just trying to do what's right. Obviously, I'm going. Dating through my is own hard, thing. Sam. How's your dating life? Mine sucks, dude. I, mean, oh, I want I, to get personal. No, I yeah, mean, I no. mean a little bit. I'm saying, you know, now you're a big punk <laughs> girl. You might be a congressman. You might be a single congressman. Like, so you'll get a lot well, of Capitol Hill uh, punani, as they say. I mean, I'm no Matt Gates, but I'm all right. Well, he's now I mean, he's married, but dude, even Matt, I see, I don't really, and everybody likes Matt Gates. I'm not anti Matt yeah. Gates, even though I kind of look like him right now with my hair like this, but I'm saying, um, he's kind of annoying. I don't know why. And I like MJT, uh, uh MGT Marjorie Taylor Green. I love MTG, yeah. but I'm saying for some reason, Gates, I don't like as much. And I like Lauren Bo- Bobert. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but, um, for yeah. some reason, Gates, he just, I don't know why he seems, I don't well, love him. He seems like a rhino. No, I, I mean, I just, yeah, I think so too. Honestly, I just think that I mentioned him because, you know, he's like this good looking classic congressman. Yeah, I know. And they uh, love him. They pump him up. And, but right. he's not as bad as Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw is the worst. I think Gates is right there with him. Yeah. And I, I mean, if we're still talking about my dating life, I'm not, I'm not dating anybody at the moment. And it does. It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. But but that's better. Uh, you can focus on your campaign more. So people should notice out there. This is good. He doesn't have a wife and kids. He has to worry about. He's totally focused on being a, a politician. So I would like that as a voter. Nice. Well, uh, hopefully the, the voters look at it that way. I know that my competition, uh, they do have families, but they're good, man. I've met I've met the other guys that are running against me. They're good. And we're all going to support each other if, if someone else wins. But I think that I would honestly be a better advocate for the January 6th prisoners, first of all. And then also with uh, the competition from the Democrat side, uh, his name's Greg Kassar. Uh, he was down in San Antonio with uh, AOC last weekend. And so the she Democrats. Was, oh, already, so she that was the guy she was campaigning for it was Greg. Wow. Right. He's running in 35, just like me, but he's running in the Democrat primary. So obviously, you know, they he's really the, want that area. If they send AOC down there. Wow. Yeah. That, it's a, So it's an important area. It's it's the one that has a, uh, basically Austin and San Antonio in one district. So it's an important area. But I'm just saying, Greg Kassar, he's he was on the city council for, um before he started running for Congress. He's not there anymore because you can't do both at the same time. But uh, he actually was the one that 
Defunded uh, the police, right? Not only defunded the police, but he put into place policies with the city council that allowed the homeless crisis to become worse. Yeah, he sucks. So, I mean, it, it really does suck because they don't they don't care what's going on with the people that, that live downtown and have to deal with, you know, the what seeing what's going on. I saw I saw a homeless woman masturbating one time on Sixth Street and it's like the cops didn't even want to. That's my ex-wife. I know. Uh, <laughs> don't don't let she does that. Just don't when she does that, just leave her alone. She'll be done in a few minutes. Um yeah. no, but that is where we're at. We're in society. I mean, dude, it's like you go on the street and people are just snorting fentanyl and shooting up. And there's a thing yep. called the homeless industrial complex where actually will keep people homeless in order to make the problem look worse, in order to get some sort of federal funding um to subsidize their program so it's like it's weird it's like they you know the homeless industrial complex wants to make it seem like homelessness is a huge problem so they almost encourage these people to be cracked out on drugs in these major metropolitan cities just to make them look bad yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty rough man i mean austin's getting worse and so i definitely think we need to get people who are going to put policies into place that actually help the community and not try to you know, get money for these programs like you're talking about, because that's that's a good point. Um, I hope that I hope that Austin decides to choose, you know, elected officials locally. They can change these things. But, you know, like you said, they definitely do want this district pretty bad if they're already sending AOC down here to try and get this guy uh, elected. The other thing is, is speaking of defunding the police, uh, 19 police officers from Austin were just indicted. Uh, I believe Thursday. Riots. Yeah. 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 And and I was there, you know, as a cameraman, I was there in 2020. I didn't see the police overreact to the protesters in any way. I understand, you know, if a police officer does something, you know, he should be held accountable. I agree with that. But I, I definitely think these indictments are political and really they're meant to try and bring more attention to Greg Kassar as well. I mean, even even local uh, news media has has had people saying that. So it makes sense to me, but we'll see what happens in this primary. You know, I, I know it's a it's a tough road ahead. Like I said, I'm running against nine other Republicans. So I'm just trying to get my name known out there. Um, you, you know what I would say? I would say that you want to decriminalize weed. You'd be the only Republican that says that. Wouldn't that wouldn't people in Austin like that? I would like that, it. That's true. That's true. Um, when I'm mayor, I'm going to decriminalize weed in Dallas, Texas. That's what I'm going to do. And no kill shelters. Well, I'll I'll say it this way, because I have to try to be a politician about this. I think the drug war is a fa is a failed war mm -hmm. and I'm against it. I think it's done nothing but put people, you know, behind bars who are nonviolent and maybe even ruin the lives of 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 people uh, because it's given them a record when, you know, they would have otherwise not had to deal with these issues. So as political as I have to be with that answer, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for putting people in jail for nonviolent non crimes. Yeah. No, no. Uh, we got uh, coming up a, a $20 super chat. Alex, I saw your appearance on you are here. I'm a new fan. Keep it up. Uh, dumb is 66 right on time. Thank you so much for that. Uh, nice don donation. Wow, we've had a good day financially. We've made over uh, about 150 bucks over that, I believe. So I really appreciate you, Sam, coming on. But we still got a few more minutes. But let me tell you this. So what do you think is on the horizon for you? Like, what do you think is going to be from your lawyer? I know you can only say so much, but like, 
like I said, I believe if you haven't been convicted of something serious, they're going to give you some sort of probation, even if it's like like home confinement where you got to stay home for like six months or something like that. Usually they'll give you that before prison for the first time. So what do you kind of think? And I don't want you to incriminate yourself or say anything you can't. But what do you think would be the outcome if you just had to guess in your gut feeling, Sam? Well, all the charges put together, I'm facing seven years. Uh, I was just talking to my lawyer, like I was telling you, um, and that's maximum. Uh, you know, some of the more serious charges that are on there, because I mean, it amounts to trespassing, but there's, you know, statutes. Different, yeah, different words. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for, for some of the, a couple of the tougher ones, we're looking at about a year and a half in jail. And my lawyer's like, well, it could go either way. But I, I honestly got to say it this way. I, it doesn't really bother me, you know, what they, what they try to do, because to me, they can, I'm a person, you know, I, I, they can put my body in jail, but what I'm really trying to take a stand for and what they're really attacking is America. I'm not saying I, I am a representation of America, but I'm an American. You are, and with, you are a representation of America. Right, right. Exactly. In this, in this particular situation, they're attacking the first amendment. They're attacking the freedom of the press. And if they're going to, if they're going to put me in jail, then I'm going to look them right in the eye and they're going to just sentence me to jail. And, and, and that'll be that. And we'll let the public figure out, you know, how they feel about that. But, you know, I don't, I don't think that I did anything wrong to this day. I believe in the first amendment and I believe in the right for the press to be even in places that would usually be, you know, off limits to other people for the sake of getting the news for the sake of getting the story uh, with a camera, you know, and to tell the full story. So you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. To be honest with you, I, I'm I'm sure they may want me to take a plea deal or something like that. I uh, and your lawyer I think I'm has, being persecuted. I'm saying, does your lawyer want to go to court and fight it, or has he has he kind of recommended taking a plea deal? Because I think I would recommend a plea deal if there's no prison and if you just had to plead. And I know you want to fight it to death. I'm just saying to avoid jail yeah. at all costs. I would probably take a deal, even though you're not guilty, in my opinion. You, you, yeah. You've got a kangaroo court. What are you going to do? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that's exactly what it may be. So but to be honest with you, I, I, uh, I think my lawyer wants me to do what's he wants to do what's best for me, you know, and, and maybe it may come to a point where I may take a deal, but, uh, or that he'll recommend that. But at this point, with everything that I've seen happen to other people, uh, to Alex, to Owen, to the other January six prisoners uh, who are still, you know, waiting their day in court, I would just rather I'd rather go to jail than take a deal because I wouldn't even feel right taking a deal. I'd if they're going to if they're going to sentence me to a year, two years, seven years or maybe just probation, whatever they're going to sentence me, then I'd like to go through the full process of having a jury decide that, too. You know, um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, op options are on the table. Uh, I have talked to my lawyer. And obviously he's going to recommend things that are uh, best for me, whether it's taking a deal at that time or not. Um, and like I was even telling you earlier, I haven't had my initial hearing yet. So everything. You haven't had this, any hearing. You've just been charged and arrested. You haven't had charged your, arrested. No, wow. I haven't. Had, it keeps getting your pushed, arraignment pushed is off. what they call it in smaller court and federal court. And they might just be a hearing. But so you haven't ever gone in front of the judge and appeared yet. N not yet. Uh, and so basically this whole interview um, could be listened to and maybe even submitted as, you know, evidence against me or something like that. And that's fine. 
I don't mind. I don't mind explaining every single word that I've said on this program. Um, and, and I'm going to talk to other people because I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to hide. And if they think they want to, they want to come to come at me, like I'm the kind of guy that has something to hide. They're wrong. You know, I, I'm not saying I'm a saint, you know, before, before I started working at InfoWars, you know, I, I've, I've had my fair, you know, you don't have interactions to be a saint. with the police. Don't worry. You don't have to. No, you know, I'm just saying, you know. you know, it's not like I've done anything like a felony or anything like that, but I've had run-ins with the cops in the past when I was younger. I'm 36 years old now, but what. You look what young. Learned, You're like my age. I'm 35, but we both look young. You're like. Right, really right on. Young. Oh, it's that, it's that baby face. Right we both on. have but, it. Yeah. 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 Keep, stay young, bro. <laughs> so, but basically all I'm saying is, is that, um, wait, what was I saying? No, no. About if you do have to go to jail, you're going to be a man about it, not a bitch ass. But are you going to join the MS-13? Yeah. You should actually pre-join a, a Mexican gang outside. That's a good point. Nah, it, I'm it might kidding. Work. You're not going to have to join any MS-13s. And no, actually, I was at a party one. I was at a party one time, and uh, I had just saw a documentary on MS-13, and I I learned their gang symbol. It's like this. Well, you might need <laughs> yeah. that. Well, so I, uh, this, this guy had MS 13s on his, on his arm uh, up and down. And he was, uh, he was like kind of mean mugging me at the party. I don't know. He was, it's just like a Mexican thing or something like that. So I, I threw him the symbol. And after that, he brought me a bottle of tequila and he like, I was his brother. I was like, okay, I'm not, this is as far as I'm going to go. Wow. <laughs> an MS 13, but Hey, if it's if it's an option, I might have to do Dude, what that. I gotta guy do. has friends inside, though. You need to find that guy because he'll give you pre protection. And listen, like I said, even if you did get guilty and they said, "Oh, we're gonna make him go to jail," you would go to jail for like three weeks. I'm just saying, you're not gonna do the whole year. They're not gonna. Right. You're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're gonna realize that it's you know, it's, they just want to humiliate you. Like there's another woman in Dallas, guys. I'm gonna I forget her name, but she just got out of jail. She already did her time. Got found guilty. And she was like a local real estate agent and she's totally fine. I know a women's jail is different from a men's jail. And it's easy for me to say, yeah. you know, uh, I'm not the one on trial to go to jail for potentially seven years, but um, I think you're going to be okay only because you didn't, you're not charged with assault. You're not charged with anything like um, a felony. So I just, I really do think your chances are good. Now, is it going to be some sort of like public humiliation ritual going to court? I mean, I'm sure. What do your family say about this? Do they, you, this can't be easy for them or your brothers and sisters or they, what do they feel? Well, they it? love me. They support me. I mean, obvi obviously, uh, you know, any family has uh, differences of opinion a lot of times. But actually, uh, somebody from my family is uh, is the one that turned me into the FBI. Shut up. I knew it. I didn't know that. I'm just yeah. saying, why? Well, it's always the person you love. OK, so tell I mean, you don't have to give them up because you probably don't want to give. No, them I can't. Uh, okay, they're yeah. they're they're called witness one. Wow. So, so basically, uh, I have a pretty large family uh, on my mom. Obviously, I'm Mexican, yeah. but uh, a pretty large family on my mom and, and religious. Side. So that's, you know, you're going to have more yeah. kids, too. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can't use condoms. No, I'm yeah. just so um, according to the FBI, uh, somebody uh, saw my video who was a part of my family. They called the FBI on January the 11th. And January the, the 11th, they got in contact that fast. Oh, yeah. My yeah. Oh, it's God. all on my it's all on my uh, uh, facts of the statement of yeah, facts or indictment or whatever it's called. Yeah. So it's all on there. And they're called witness one now. I mean, and this is just public knowledge already, so I can talk about it. But we my I had my lawyer ask, like, which family member is it? Because I have a large family and the and the judge was telling me not to get in contact with witness one because it could be like 
a form of intimidation or yeah, something I like wouldn't. that. I wouldn't. No, no, no. And that's yeah, fine. No. I mean, a lot of people only have a small family. I have a huge family. So you don't know so, which cousin or uncle or what? Yeah, it could yeah, have been yeah, anybody, yeah. you know, and so it doesn't have to be somebody in my immediate family. It could have been an uncle, a cousin, yeah. second cousin, uh, yeah, whatever. But, yeah. but the judge was like, no, this is, this is classified or whatever they're saying, you know, it's secret. They're witness one. Mr. Montoya is just going to need to figure that out on his own. So, I mean, I've been campaigning. I've reached out to all my cousins, all my uncles and aunts, you know, they've all been very nice to you. Haven't they've all been nice to me. Probably maybe, maybe I talked to witness one on accident. I don't know, but I can't be held responsible for that because you know, I just, I'm, I'm trying to run for Congress, but either way that actually happened to me. Yeah. So it doesn't feel good. I'll be honest uh, with you. It doesn't feel good, but don't beat you know, yourself up though, Sam, because the way the media paints it, you know, that some right. people are going to be under this massive gnosis and it is what it is. Okay. But uh, real quick, um, you know, we've already been here in an hour. I just, you know, I don't want to keep you because I know you're busy, but you know, we still got a, a couple more questions. So when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, I guess your campaign, uh, you, you have to bring it up. Like have, I guess I might've asked this earlier, but so do you think this January 6th has helped you or like, what have the other people you're going against? Have they brought it up? Has it been like a thing? Like you're the riot guy. Yeah, no, I definitely think, I definitely think it's helped me because, uh, everybody that I've talked to, uh, at at any like Republican meet and greet or forum or anything like that. Um, it's interesting, you know, and and to, to us and, and, uh, I haven't met, well, maybe one person, but I don't want to say any names or positions here, but I have other than one person, I haven't really met anybody that looks at January, January 6th as negative, you know, or, or anything like that. Um, but, you know, it, it definitely makes people feel uh, like they have to walk on eggshells at certain times. So I decided that if I'm going to run this campaign, I'm not going to let it make me feel that way. I am going to make it a, an important part of my campaign. So I have these uh, I have these cards right here that I give out to everybody. And it basically. Uh, no, you, I can hear you you're there. Yeah, yeah, I can. Hear OK, you sorry. No, no, no worries. Um, I have these cards that I give out to everybody basically talks about how, you know, I was in January 6th right there in in a small little paragraph. So when I talk to people, I let people know. And actually, like I said, maybe it's, it's actually helped me stand out from my crowded field because I got nine other people that I'm running against. Um, And, and especially like, let's say I do win this primary, I'm going to be running against uh, a Democrat and there's going to be, yeah, yeah, there's going to be smears, that he's going to want to do about, you know, my involvement with obviously with InfoWars, but also with January 6th. So I think we really need to take that as conservatives. We really need to take the, the power out of that um, criticism because it's not something to be ashamed of. I mean, I wasn't there and to hurt anybody or to, you should be ashamed. I hope you get a hundred years in prison. Okay. I listen. You should be ashamed. Obviously. I'm just kidding. But uh, so tell us for the last thing, tell the people, this is a conspiracy castle. So everybody, you know, I have an audience that they go really deep with conspiracies. Tell them it's not that Ashley Babbitt was real. She was shot. I'm telling you, there's some people in my chat, some mods. I see a mod or two in my chat. like, Ashley Babbitt didn't die. And I believe she died. I believe they kill people. You know I mean? There, this happens. So tell them I've, January 6th was not fake. So these people know. I'll be honest. It's, it's tough because I know like, Aaron, her husband, pays attention to a lot of this stuff. And, you know, her family members are going through it and stuff like that. 
So I don't, I don't, it's not easy for me to talk about in a way that's just like so blunt when I really think about it because it affected me too. But bottom line is just to be, I don't know, I guess just to be truthful about it. She's dead. She's gone. I watched her die. That's what happened. I watched her die. I'm not happy about what I saw. You know, I said a prayer for her after that, but uh, there was nothing, no involvement with the DC police or the SWAT team there. Nobody was squeezing fake blood Mm -hmm. on her. Nobody was uh, switching her body out for another body. This was a young lady who, a young patriot who was there to protest. And she was in, she got, she got shot in in assassination style in my opinion, by a police officer who's not being held accountable. In fact, the day that I got arrested, they closed the investigation on that officer and we're no longer going to further investigate him for any charges, which I think he should be. And yeah, actually, and if he I got make to it go to Congress, on ABC. I'm saying I think he got to go on ABC and do an yeah, interview. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If I make it to Congress, I'm going to I'm going to figure out who is behind that investigation. Let me tell you that right now. Because not only do I want to be an advocate for the January 6th prisoners, but I need to be an advocate for Ashley. I was there. Yeah. So, no, it wasn't fake. And anybody who thinks it's fake, you're 100% wrong. Go get another conspiracy. Wow, Sam. Okay, I really appreciate it, man. I really thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. I think you said a lot. Pleasure, man. I'm a big fan. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Wow, Sam. I really appreciate that. Okay, what's the last thing you want to tell him before we go? Well, uh, vote Sam Montoya coming up if you're in Texas. Thanks again for having me on the show. Tell Cassidy I said hi. That's cool, too. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Uh, I love America, and I, I hope I hope things are going to get better. If uh, But it's going to take all of us who, are, who have a love for the country to get out and do something. So if I've inspired anybody to get out and do something in their own community, I, I think that's a win. Wow. And you are a terrorist and you're the worst human being on planet Earth. And Joe Biden is the greatest president and 81 million votes is 100 percent accurate. All right. I love you, Sam. I love and I'm you. I've gotten the five boosters. Yes. So and I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep on getting them. All right, guys. <laughs> yes. uh, and you can find Sam. The link in the, the description. You're going to go to uh, CapitalSam.com. It, the link is in the description, guys. You're Capital gonna be with to- an O. Oh, and you're going to be able to see uh, you're going to be like, you know, get the information about me and, you know, see how you can support Sam. So I'd appreciate if you guys click the uh, link in the description and go and support a a true patriot that uh, loves America. And I really appreciate you, Sam, coming on the show. So peace, guys. Peace out.